Welcome to I Used to Be a Therapist. This week is pretty exciting for me. We are going to be talking about something that this world needs so much of. We're going to be talking about peace. And we're going to talk about how to find peace in this crazy world. So right now, as I'm recording this, it's Christmas time. And it's a time that we actually talk about peace and peace on earth. But it is really hard to find peace sometimes during the season. Anyone else feel like that? I know I do. (laughs) It has been so good to spend some time just thinking about peace and what it really is and how to cultivate it in my life. And I'm excited to get to share that with you in this interview. I also have a bonus episode that's coming out on an essential oil blend that's called Peace and Calming. That is just what I need. Peace and Calming most days anyway, to help me get centered and to let go of the anxious thoughts that can really consume me. So go check out that episode. And my guest today is Stacey Shapiro from Churchville, Pennsylvania. For over 20 years, Stacey has been on a mission to assist families in finding peace. She's trained as a social worker registered play therapist and wellness coach. She has a unique perspective providing families with what they need to make meaningful changes. She specializes in helping kiddos and teens and adults overcome the impact of anxiety and trauma. Stacy's down-to-earth style and collaborative and intuitive nature makes it just so easy for her clients to find success. Currently, she is in a private practice and since the pandemic, does all of her counseling and coaching services online or on the phone. She comes to you with a wealth of information and some fun new things that you're going to be really interested in hearing about, I know. She has a peaceful presence. I loved chatting with her and I know you will love the conversation too. Let's listen in. My name is Dr. Wendy Bruton and I used to be a therapist. Welcome to my podcast. Leaving my career as a therapist, business owner, and counselor educator was a big risk. But now, as an author, coach, entrepreneur, and podcast host, I am fulfilling my passion to help people move forward toward an essentially better life. Each episode is filled with stories, information, and ideas that I know will be valuable to your life and to the lives you touch. So if you need a therapist or just someone who used to be a therapist, I know that this is a place that you will feel valued, valuable, and learn to move forward from what you used to be. I'm so glad you're here. Stacey, thank you so much for joining me today here on I Used to Be a Therapist. And I'm I'm so excited to hear your story and to hear a little bit about what you do. And we're going to talk about peace, peace and calming today. And we're going to talk about peace in this crazy world right now. So anyway, thanks so much for being here. Thank you for having me. I'm excited. I'm so glad. First of all, let's hear a little bit about you and tell us about yourself, where you live, your family, all that stuff. Cool. So I live in Pennsylvania. And I have two beautiful children, one's 12 and one's five, and I enjoy spending lots of time with them. 
Um, we're doing virtual school. Mm. So that's been interesting. I've been in kindergarten every morning for two and nice. a half hours. Nice. Um, yes. And I reward myself with some self-care afterwards in nature. <laughs> nice. <laughs> to uh, bring balance to it. Um, Find peace. To find my peace. And my hobbies tend to be like soul collage or art related, um, something in nature, like hiking. Um, and I really enjoy working with energy. So that's another piece of it. Good. Yeah. You, we had talked a little bit about chakras. I I love to hear more about that. Yeah. So I, um, am a Reiki master and Mm -hmm. I also, um, do energy psychology techniques, Mm -hmm. comprehensive energy psychology techniques. And part of that training is releasing um, stuck energy from the chakras. I used to think that was all kind of like woo-woo stuff. Yeah, but, <laughs> me um, too. <laughs> but oh my gosh, there's so much research and good research behind uh, figuring all that stuff out. And I, I'm trying my best to spend some time learning those, you know, just energy psychology stuff. So it's fascinating how we were created. Tell Definitely. us, tell us a little bit uh, about why you became a therapist. So when I was around 14, um, my family was having struggles. And so we went to a therapist and they really helped me. And so I wanted to do the same for other children and teens and families. And so I think in college, I changed my major probably five times because mm-hmm. I was listening to my family who wanted me to be an accountant or a doctor or a lawyer. And um, my soul just was not in it. And mm-hmm. so I, I just kept changing my major to see like, what I would like. And when I got to social work, I totally found my center and it aligned with me. And I was like, I'm home. This is what I'm doing. You know, I'm going to help people. And their families. And my grandma was probably the only one who supported it right away. She was like, do your passion, do what works for you. Yay, grandmas. And, uh, that's what I did. Yeah, exactly. Yay, yay for grandmas. What would I do without Right. So do you think that you're kind of fulfilling your why now that you've become a counselor? Oh, yeah, definitely. That's great. Definitely. I love that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Tell us a little bit about your practice and what it's like, what you specialize in, all of that stuff. Okay. So I have two businesses. One is a counseling practice where I specialize in working with families and children who struggle with anxiety, um, trauma, things like that. And then I also have a coaching practice where I'm specializing in highly sensitive people and empaths and helping parents and children navigate those traits. And, you know, sometimes they're being misdiagnosed, right? In the regular clinical world Mm -hmm. um, with ADHD or anxiety or whatever it is. And um, the treatments might not be working because it's the wrong diagnosis. And so really excited to have this knowledge and to also be highly sensitive and an empath so that I can help people navigate that and find their peace and not be so overwhelmed. That is great. Did I hear you say that you're going to do a uh, group for practitioners? Yeah. So I'm actually doing a group, um, a self-care group for mental health practitioners. 
um, so that they can gain more knowledge about self-care on all levels of their being, including energetic. And I'm bringing essential oils in, which I know you love. I love them. Uh, (laughs) And I love them too, because they're really helpful to soothe the body and bring us into that place of peace. Yeah. That's great. Well, that that's mm-hmm. exciting. And I know we have lots of therapists who listen in here. So uh, we'll have to put information about how they can connect with you in the show notes for sure. So that would be awesome. Okay. Mm-hmm. We're going to talk about peace. So I wanted to have you, you know, I mean, here's the thing. Right now in this world, we are in this crazy place, a little bit of chaos, lots of fear and anxiety. And so I wanted to talk about how to find peace in this crazy, mixed up, chaotic world right now. So, you know, with that in mind, I'd love to hear your definition of peace and what you think it is and maybe what you think it is not. Okay. So what I think it is, is um, inside a feeling inside of you of um, calm and relaxed, no matter what's going on around you. So I like to use a metaphor of like we're in the eye of the storm, mm. right? We get we're more taking care of ourselves. We're staying centered. Um, we're not being whipped around out in the storm, right? With all the chaos that's going on. And so self-care has been a huge thing for me to bring me to my center. And I'm doing it regularly throughout the day, right? Not just at the end of the day, but all day now, Mm -hmm. because there is so much um, hecticness and chaos going on in the world right now. Um, So that's what I think peace is and how to get there. I love the eye of the storm thing. You know, in my doc program, there was a professor, uh, Dr. Gene Aiken, um, shout out to him. And he would talk about that all the time. He would show, you know, videos and slides and PowerPoint presentations about the eye of the storm and finding the center and finding a place of peace and rest, even though there's chaos and destruction sometimes happening around you. And that that there is a place of that. And that's something that's really important to remember is that there is that place, right? Definitely. We just have to find it. Yeah. When the pandemic um, first started, I mean, before I used to be really good with my self-care, but I was probably doing it every other day or something like that. Yes. And when this first went down, I could feel actually the collective energy, like moving through the stages of grief and shock and anger and all of this stuff. And I knew that I would have to up my self-care to balance that all. And so that's what I did. Well, that kind of leads to this next question of why you think it's important for our mental health to work on finding that peace, you know, in the craziness. Yeah. So we're basically in a huge trauma, right? Together. An ongoing, Uh, right? So an ongoing trauma. Yes. And so if we keep just pushing through and pushing through and not paying attention to our bodies and our emotions, um, then we are most probably going to have ailments, Mm -hmm. um, either mentally or physically, uh, a crisis of some sort, um, because our bodies can't just keep going and going and going under this amount of stress, especially parents 
with young children in school and things like that, the stress is immense. Um, And that's why I'm actually making a course and a program for parents and children to learn the skills for self-care and how to manage this Mm -hmm. in the near future. So I'm excited about that. What do you see in your clients when they are, you know, when they can't find that peace? Right. So there's a lot of high anxiety and anger and acting out um, destructively, you know, alcoholism or drug abuse or whatever, overeating, that type of a thing when we just ignore our feelings. Yeah. I bet you're just, I mean, are you finding that a lot in people right now? So it was really interesting. What I noticed was the people who um, were with me before the pandemic they knew exactly what to do to take care of themselves. They had skills, they had the energy psychology um, techniques and different things like that. And the people who are coming in newer are coming in with habits that they're trying to um, mask the emotional stress. Mm -hmm. And so we're just giving them new skills and helping them get back to their center. Mm -hmm. What are you finding in kiddos or hearing about with kiddos? How is that all playing out for them? Yeah, some of the kids are um, highly anxious about getting the coronavirus or somebody dying, that type of a thing. So we process that and um, try to give make them feel as secure as they can, mm-hmm. um, and that and we explain the risks to them and different things like that, so that they're not so scared. Um, and we also try to use words like "there's an illness" versus you know "there's this virus" because we usually. Um, hear of viruses happening and then they can get scared that, you know, if they hear that word virus, that you're going to die, you know, (laughs) that type of a thing. Do you think that kiddos are easily taught how to find peace? Do you think they find peace easy? Well, it really depends, right? Like, so they're a mirror for us as parents. Mm -hmm. And so if we're finding our peace, then we can teach them how to find their peace, right? Mm -hmm. So like my five-year-old the other day, I was teaching him a grounding. And um, the other day he said to me, mommy, I I need to go ground. And I'm using that word because that's what you use when you say, you know, (laughs) when you teach me how to do this, I'm like, oh, okay, you need to go out now. He's like, yep, I need to go outside. And he just plops himself down on the driveway and takes in the ground and the earth and the energy and he can feel his body coming back to peace. So um, I think it depends on if you're doing your work and you're trying to teach them. Sure. I like that phrase of they are kind of a mirror of us. It's so Mm -hmm. true. It's so true. We can expect them to find their peace and center in the eye of their storm, their whatever their storm is in their head or around them, unless we have the skills to do that too. So we're teaching them those skills. Exactly. And that's part of my passion is teaching children these skills so that Um, they can be adults who are peaceful and happy and know how to navigate life's ups and downs. Well, let's talk a little bit of practical peace and calming. (laughs) So yeah, uh, what have you found helpful for yourself, for your kids, your clients? What have you found helpful? Just tangible things that help people find their peace, even when they're really highly anxious. Right. So it really depends on the person, but um, breathing can be very helpful. Taking some 
slow, deep breaths, making sure your exhale is longer than your inhale. Um, that's one skill. Sometimes people need to do something physical like a walk or, um, running or whatever works for them, um, to get out the energy and release it from their body. And then they can start to self-soothe with their, uh, mindset. The other thing that I think has really been helpful was the comprehensive energy psychology and emotional freedom technique because it helps the sensation in the body ease. And then when that situation happens again, whatever it is that we were working on, they don't get that bodily sensation. And then it's easier to implement the cognitive mindset changes. Good. Can you just explain a little bit to people who don't know, you know EFT, all of that stuff, if you can just explain a little bit about how that might work? Yeah. So um, emotional freedom technique works on the meridian points, just like acupuncturists do. Um, but I'm teaching you how to do this to yourself, like acupressure on the different meridians that relate to the psychological points that the acupuncturist would be using needles mm-hmm. on. Um, and so basically it just helps to release the energy that might be stuck. And the premise is that if there's stuck energy that's when we get physical ailments or uh, emotional issues. And so if we can keep the energy flowing correctly, then um, you don't have as many issues. And also they found on MRIs that the amygdala part of the brain lights up when people are using EFT. And so that's the part of the brain that's the um, fight flight response. And so Um, they don't know how it works. They just know that it works. And they know that 85% of people feel better afterwards. Um, and it doesn't come back unless there's another, you know, trauma or anxiety state. Good. So what should people do? I mean, how can they do something, you know, even today, if they're feeling a sense of chaos or unrest to be able to find peace right now. Okay. So, um, they can inhale, right. And, um, say to themselves, relax. And then when they exhale, they can breathe out release and whatever it is, whatever tension they're feeling, they can just imagine it leaving their body. Um, and doing this for a few breaths can really, um, recenter you and help you release those feelings. That's a great tangible thing that people can do. And I think breathing into our bellies, you know, it's just so good for us in lots and lots of ways. There's, there's a lot of research out there that talks about belly breathing and how it helps our whole bodies, but certainly breathing in and releasing the breath then to following your breath. It's, it's very, very good. I have a a bonus episode that I just did on a body scan. And sometimes doing that body scan can also be really helpful in releasing any of that stuck tension in our bodies. And people come out of there with a different mindset oftentimes. Definitely. And could I just add to that the belly breath? Sometimes when people are anxious, they're breathing backwards. So when they're breathing in, the belly should be expanding. And when they're breathing out, the belly is going down. That's good. That's good to a good reminder. Just putting your hands over your belly and letting it rise when you're breathing in. Yeah. Filling up a balloon. 
I like yeah. that. Well, is there anything else you want to add about the importance of peace or finding peace right now? I think, you know, it's just really important for everybody to find their peace and whatever it is that soothes their body, um, whether that's exercising every day or breathing multiple times a day, taking those pauses um, and getting yourself back to center, especially for parents, because kids are, um, you know, sometimes our trigger. And when we're overwhelmed, we don't handle situations well, and that will eventually create trauma for the kids. And mm-hmm. so trying to stay calm and peaceful is the uh, thing that we try to attain. Yeah. Thank you very much. Thank you so much for being here with us today and talking about that. And I would love for people to know more about what you're doing. How can they get in touch with you? Um, we talked a little bit about what you're doing earlier, earlier, but how can they get in touch with you if they want to know more about all the things that you have going? Yeah, so they can go to my websites. Um, the coaching website is awarenesscoachingllc.com. And the counseling website is forefindingpeace.com or stacybshapiro.com. And um, you can sign up for the the freebies that are on there mm-hmm. that will get you into getting newsletters and emails and different programs that I'm developing. Um, I'm really excited about the parent program. It's going to be an eight-week program, an eight-step uh, way to get your family to peace. And um, we're going to have a lot of fun in it because I'm offering bi-weekly coaching, group coaching calls for the eight weeks that you're taking the program. And uh, we're going to do some love seats, you know, so people can get more information on how to implement the skills if they're having a tough time with that or if they just want to talk about something else and then also some support with other parents and not feeling alone and getting people connected that's great and it's all online it's all online everything's virtual anybody anywhere in the world exactly that's amazing isn't that amazing (laughs) it's great Well, I will for sure put those two websites in the show notes so people can go check that out. Now, I have three questions that I ask everybody in my podcast. So the first question is, I would love to hear an event that changed you. Yeah, so I the event that changed me was going to a Reiki class. (laughs) Awesome. It really changed my life. I learned a lot of about energy and I just wanted to keep going. So now I'm a Reiki master and um, that spiraled me into learning more about energy for myself and uh, for my clients. And it's just been life-changing. So, Well, good. That is a great event. I love that. Okay. A person who changed you. So a therapist had taught to me, taught me about being highly sensitive, probably in my thirties, early thirties. I really didn't understand it a hundred percent. And now, um, you know, the last 10 years, there's been a lot more research and different things that you can do to try to balance. And so that really changed me because I realized that 80% of the population can kind of keep pushing and pushing and pushing, you know, and their bodies are not going to 
get as overwhelmed or sick. And so when we're highly sensitive, we have to do our self-care a lot more than other people. Um, And so I started realizing that. And then also that I had great strengths that came along with this trait, like being more intuitive than other people or seeing the big picture pretty quickly. And um, that also lessened my frustration when I figured out that because other people didn't understand what I was talking about mm-hmm. because they might not have been able to see it, mm-hmm. um, you know, for a long time. Like it brings me to my mother-in-law, right? Like my husband's family didn't believe in self-care. When we first got married, they were all making fun of me, you know, that I was meditating or doing whatever I was doing. And um, now, like 15 years later, my mother-in-law is doing yoga on the beach and she's <laughs> taking care of herself and she's like, I owe it to you, you know? Um, so it, eventually people catch up. It just took her a while. It just took a while. Yeah, exactly. But I learned to not be frustrated with other people's comments now or if they don't understand what, what I see, you know, because they can't. Their brains are different. Okay. I want to say that it is really hard for people who are not highly sensitive to raise kiddos who are. Yeah. I just want to say that because I have a kiddo who is very highly sensitive, highly sensitive person for sure. She is a fabulous person and, and so amazing, like so amazing and brave and just beautiful soul. But it's hard to understand that because we don't have, I mean, I am not a highly sensitive person. Anybody knows me <laughs> knows that. So I, and it's hard for, for us, us folks, you know, the, the people mm-hmm. that are not to understand the insights that they see, the feelings that they have, the way that they emote at all. I mean, that whole yeah. thing is very difficult. So I would love if, do you have any resources that you give people to when they figure that out, like when they, not just raising kids, but when they find out, oh, that's what I am. I am this highly sensitive person that has empathic ex- abilities that other people don't have. Yeah. So that's why I put a freebie together on my awareness coaching website. Um, it's a self, self-care guide for parents and children who are highly sensitive and it gives some techniques that they can do to try to become more peaceful and do their self-care and um, create boundaries like, um, you know, putting on a bubble or something like that, a visualization that helps them not take in the emotional piece so much and not feel other people's emotions so Mm -hmm. much so that um, they can, you know, stay in their center. Mm -hmm. So if you wanted to get that and give me feedback on it, I would love it. <laughs> I would, I will be sharing that for sure. So, okay. And my last question is a book that changed you. Yeah. So I'm actually in the middle of a book that is changing me. It's called The Heart of Leadership for Women, Cultivating a Sacred Space. Um, and so I'm trying to take in some of what she's talking about into my group programs because um, it's so much more powerful when we have that sacredness about it. Well, I will put the link in the show notes for that as well. So thank you so much for being here and joining us and for sharing all your wisdom and insights. And I'm sure people will be excited to connect with you um, in both of your programs, counseling and, and coaching too. So thanks again for being here. 
Awesome. Thank you so much. And on a side note, the counseling, I'm just counseling people in Pennsylvania and the coaching can be done all over the world. Perfect. I love that. Thanks a lot. I'm so glad you joined us. Make sure to subscribe so you can get all the episodes and you can help support our podcast by clicking the support button in the show notes or going to our website, essentiallybetterlife.com. Follow me on social at Essentially Better Life and check out my website for all kinds of information on business and personal coaching, my book, and even some great stuff on essential oils. Thanks for listening. Blessings and be well, my friends.